This is a the the booklet that is going to be handed out later is a 40-page document. It's probably about an eight-week course that we have to cover in an hour, a 45 minutes. So we're going to go fast. What I'd like to do is if you have any questions while we're talking about things, please raise your hand. We'll try to deal with them as we go along. And then I'll leave about five minutes at the end if you have any questions. We're going to be talking about practical money skills. So how many of you know what money is? Go ahead, Jilly. Yeah, what's money? Okay. Before they had actual money, what did they use? Yeah. And what did they what did they trade? Right. So if I had three chickens and I wanted to buy some grain from you, what would I do? I'd come to you and I'd say, I need some grain, and you say, okay, give me some chickens, okay? That got to be a little bit cumbersome when the world got to be a little bit more global and you couldn't carry your chicken or your grain or whatever on your back, right? So they decided to come up with a monetary system. The definition of what money is, is the economic definition emphasizes that money is the medium of exchange of what we use to buy things with. That's all it is. How much money do you think there is in the entire world? I don't know. All I know is that there's more, there's more paper money than there is physical money. You all know that, right? There is more money in paper, in checking accounts, savings accounts, investments, whatever, than there's actual physical money, right? You all know that. There is not enough money. If everybody cashed everything in, there would be no money for anybody because there isn't enough, okay? How do we get money? You see my list there? How, ma how many of you fall into the parents' allowance category still? You still get allowances? Some of you. How many of you fall into the bank of mom and dad? Yeah, right. How many of you already are working? Whoa! Good! How many of you have savings accounts? Wow, really good. How many of you have checking accounts? Okay, not that many. How many of you are investors? Hey, that's even better. Okay, and the other forms of income is dividends and in case you would own an apartment or a house or whatever, you can collect rents. Those are the forms of income. All right, now, we're gonna talk about how we get income. And to start with, we need to do some planning. How many of you plan your career? Do you know what you're going to school for? Do you know what you want to do when you get out? Are you taking jobs right now that can help you with your career? Those of you that do, there are several things that you, might, you have to do, okay? Read this little thing right here. People don't plan to fail, they simply fail to plan. Right now, at the age of 16 through 19, you are in the category that um, should have your plan set. 
for what you want to do after you graduate, go to college, start working, whatever you have to do. But the plan needs to have some things that you need to, to, to do. Um, since you're going to work for the rest of your life, you might as well enjoy it. Okay? Can you tell, any, can anybody tell me what the difference between a job and a career is? What's the difference between a job and a career? Career is more of a long-term thing. A job is a means to an end, like a summer job, temporary job, whatever, while you're going to school, whatever. But a career is for a lifetime. A job is for today. There are different things. Now, if most, did you say most, did I hear, see the hands that most of you are working? Okay. What do you do with your money? What do you do with your money? Hmm? Buy things, right? Do you know that teen, that teens in the entire country, and Canadians, excuse me, this is American st uh, statistics. I don't know what the Canadians did. Teens spent, how much money do you think teens in general spent last year? Huh? How much? I can't, I can't hear you. $155 billion, with a B, dollars. Last year alone. It's a lot of money. And you know what? All the advertisers know that. They know you guys spend money. Okay? When you take a job, you have got to love what you do. And one of the things that I want to make sure that you understand is the investment that you bring to a job is you. So if you take a job or a step to a career, you have got to make sure that you do the best job that there is possible to do. To anything your employer asks you to do, there is no such thing as, it's not my job. If you want to become valuable to your employer, if you want to be the best for yourself, then you do the best job for your employer. There's no such thing as, it's not my job, it's his job. You have to work not depending on a paycheck and make your employer depend on you. If you do that, then the benefits will come, like pay increases, like recognition, uh, uh, promotions, stuff like that. But we have, as a Christian work ethic, we need to set an example for the others that we work, that work around us, that, you know, there's no such thing as, I won't do it. You do the best job there is starting as soon as you get a job. Does anybody know what the starting age is for jobs in your state? 14? With a, with, a, with a working permit, right? That's what it was when I started working too. 14. I don't know. I mean, and um, when you, the jobs that you have right now, are you getting salary or are you getting uh, paid by the hour or what? 
Hourly? Okay. So now after high school, what's the next one? Oh, after high school, you have to decide. You make a plan. Are you going to go to college? Are you going to go to a trade school? Are you going to go right into the workforce? Your choice affects your career. Specifically, additional education. Now, how much do you think college costs these days? Too much, Too much yeah. <laughs> Anywhere from 20 to 30, depending on a school, depending on uh, whether or not you want to go you know, for a doctorate or something, it is really expensive. Now I'm going to show you a slide that tells you whether it's worth going to college. Take a look at this. That's what you can uh, that's what you can look at if you don't go to college. That's what your salary could be for the rest of your life. The 20,000. If you don't have any high school, if you drop out. If you go and have high school diploma, a little bit better. College, some college, a little better. A bachelor's degree, you make three times more than you would if you didn't have, if you dropped out. And of course, a professional degree, you're talking about doctors, lawyers, you know, uh, that kind of thing. College is worth the money. But in order to go to college, you should have savings. You shouldn't depend on your parents. Now, when you do have a job, there's your salary breakdown. Do you think you get every, I, you're working, so you know you don't get everything that you make, right? How much, how much do you think the government takes? I don't, know what it, I don't know what it is in Canada, but it's about 25 to 30 something percent in, the, in uh, the United States. 40 percent. 40 percent? Okay. Then the, 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 the least amount, the less amount you make, the more they take, right? <laughs> now, you've got gross pay, you've got less your taxes. Now, you can have insurances, that's a voluntary deduction. If you want to have, if you're over, I think, I don't know how, how most states work, but in New Jersey, if you are living in your parents' house after the age of 23, your insurance cuts off. And then you have no medical insurance, so you'd have to pay for your own. While you're in your parents' house, you should be covered under their plan. But people have medical insurance taken out. They have dental insurance taken out. All these deductions. How many of you work in a company that gives you a 401k plan? A few of you. Are you eligible? If you are eligible for a 401k plan, take it. Because they usually give you back 50 cents on the dollar. You don't get that too, too many places. They, if you put in $100, they will put in 50. Okay? And they do it up to a maximum of about maybe four or 5,000 and then you stop. But that is a forced savings that you don't get anywhere else. Nobody's gonna give 50 cents on a dollar. So if you have a company that gives you, that does a 401k plan, as soon as you start working on a, at, at your career, make sure you take that. Now, we got some other deductions here. You got taxes. These are all the different kind of taxes they take. So somebody said 40%. That could very well be true. Now, here's a concept that is not the norm. 
everything I've read and everything that, that is in all the, uh, uh, on the internet, any uh, uh, courses or whatever, tell you to pay yourself first. Well, we're changing that today. We're going to change that to give first. Your first dollar, your first $10, whatever of your paycheck should be to some charity. Whether it's, you know, tithing, everybody talks about tithing, 10%, blah, blah, blah. It's your choice what you do. If it's, a, how many of you, when you went to Sunday school, had your mom's dads give you 50 cents a dollar to put in the, in, the, in the Sunday school, okay? Do they still do that? No. You don't go to Sunday school anymore. So, the first thing that you should do with your page, I don't care if it's a 50 cents, if it's a dollar, put it aside and give it to a charity of your choice. I don't care if it's a church, if it's the Red Cross, if it's, you know, it doesn't matter where it goes. Put it into a charity. And now you're going to say, but and then I won't be able to pay my bills. Let me tell you something. If you give, it will come back. You will see that as soon as you start a giving program, you will find that you have more money than you thought you did. So the first thing you do is to give. The second thing is pay yourself. And that, by that I mean don't put money in your pocket. I mean put money in a savings account for your future. And I, again, I, it doesn't matter if it's $5 or $3 or $10. Do it. And I'll show you why later. After that, pay your bills. And pay your bills on time in full. I'm going to ask the, how many credit cards do you got? How many have credit cards? How many do you have? Anybody have more than one? Two? Three? Four? Okay. How many of you have balances on those cards? Okay, we'll talk about that later. Any leftover money is disposable cash, which is money that you can use to spend on yourself or others or whatever. Okay, here's the giving thing. We, we always, always, when we get a paycheck, the first thing we want to do is, oh, my money, I'm taking it, I'm running. We hold too tightly to our money. It's not ours. Our money has been given to us to use while we're here. We have to make sure that we give and put, take, don't hold so tightly to your money that you don't, that nobody, that you don't want to depart with it. It's not yours to, it's not yours in the beginning. Our money has been given to us and our jobs and everything to use while we're here. You know what's going to happen tomorrow. We don't know. So the first thing is to give. Okay? The second thing, again, is to pay yourself a certain percentage into your savings account or investment account, which we'll discuss later. And again, pay your bills every single month. Okay. If you don't know where you're going... Any road will take you there. Here's the big word, budgeting. How many of you budget? Good. Can you expl can explain to me what budgeting is? Budgeting is uh, deciding 
which way to spend which money where to put it. Okay. One thing I want you to do when you get home for the next month, two, write down every single solitary expense that you have. And you know what's going to happen? You are going to be shocked at what you see. Write down all your expenses. Write down your income. And then find out what the difference is and whether you have too many bills or, and too little money or whether you have enough money left over where you can shift some of your percentages into giving or your savings or whatever. Okay? Now, a couple of you said you had savings accounts or checking accounts, savings accounts. Why should you put your money in a bank? Why? What? Collect interest. How many know about compounding interest? You know what that is? Okay. We're going to learn more about that. Okay. These are the types of accounts they have. Checking, savings, money markets. How many of you have an ATM card? Dangerous, folks. How much do you pay for an ATM card? Huh? You know what? If you don't go to your own bank, you could be paying charges on both ends. Okay? Huh? Yeah. A dollar here, a dollar here. You go to the ATM machine twice a week? Twice a week? Four weeks? How many dollars is that? Okay? That's a good way to save money. If you don't have to go to an ATM, don't. If you have a bank account, or if you don't have a bank account, and you want to start a bank account, you have to have a relationship with your banker. Go into the bank. How many of you go into a bank or just go to the drive-in or the ATM? How many go right into the bank? Okay. Do you know the people in the bank? Get to know them. They are going to be your most valuable asset when you need to borrow money for college, for a car, or if you have an overdraft. Do you know how many people don't, they don't call, they don't call people anymore when they're overdrawn. Do you know what, over, what, what it means to be overdrawn? Does anybody know what that means? What? It's uh, when your bank account goes into the line, it's like you spend all the money you have in your account. So you have a $100 balance in your account, you write a $150 check. Okay, number one, that's fraud. Okay? Well, number two, number two they're going to bounce your check, which means that if you write me a check for $150 and it gets to your bank and you only have $100, they're going to come back and they're going to charge you $25 or $30 for an overdraft fee. They're going to charge me for you bouncing the check. So everybody gets charged all along. Now, when I was in banking, many moons ago. Um, one of my jobs was to call people when they were overdone. They don't do that anymore. They don't call people when they're overdone. They just bounce the checks these days. But, a couple, but 28 years ago, whatever, when I was on the platform, now they call them customer service representatives, um, my job was to call people with, who were overdrawn, tell them, you know, your account is overdrawn. Well, I'm going to tell you two cute things that somebody said to me. One lady, I called her and told her, that she was overdrawn, she says, what do you mean I'm overdrawn? I still have checks. And the other one 
said to me, I don't understand you people. I put the money in and you take it out. And I, you know, stopped me short and I said to her, and I finally said to her, I said, uh, who wrote the checks? Oh. So be careful of not, that's another way to save money is not overdrawing your accounts. Okay? Now, saving just 35 cents a day will result in more than $125 a year. How many of you think you can save 35 cents a day? I hope all of you. All right? Small amounts can easily grow to, largest, to large sums, but you need to start. Okay? Now, let me give you an example. Okay? If you put $1,000 away in your mattress for one year, what would you have after the year? All right. If you uh, put it in your savings account, compounded interest. At no interest in five years, it'll still be a thousand. In ten years, it'll still be a thousand. There's three different ways of compounding: annually, monthly, and daily. Nobody does daily anymore. I didn't even know why they put it on here. However, if you compounded that thousand dollars. In five years, you'd have $1,200. In 10 years, you'd have 16. And down the road, the different ways of compounding. Now, all right, if I were to give somebody a crisp $100 bill, or, or a penny, where's my penny? I had a penny in here. Which one would you take? Huh? The hundred. However, if I told you that you can have this hundred or the penny or the penny that compounds, that doubles every day for 30 days, what would you take? Huh? How much do you think the penny is going to be worth? Right here. Take a look at this. Look at, look at this. Of course, nobody doubles anything these days. There's no doubling of interest. But I mean, I had to see this to believe it with my own eyes. Nothing happens, nothing happens until you get to about uh, day 22, 23, 24. It's amazing what money can do. It's amazing what compounding can do. Okay, now, if you, at the age of 16, started saving $1,000 until the age of 25, you, you save $10,000 at the end of that 10000 at the end, oh, wait a minute, let me do this this way. And then when you stopped putting the $1,000 in, you convinced your friends at the age of 25 that they should start savings. And they finally do. And they put money in until they get to age 60. Or this should be 50 there. But they put in $25,000 investments. You only put in ten. At the end, you guys at 16 depositing $1,000 would have had, would have 131000 and those that put 25000 in would still only have eighty-four. So now is the time for you guys to start putting money into accounts. This is what you need to do. Okay. Credit cards. It's the pay now, uh, buy now, pay later concept. 
And the advertising world knows that. And they target teens. They make you, what's the difference between wanting something and needing something? Go ahead. When you need something, you like care what the better when you want something. Okay, so if you need, if you need a pair of sneakers and um, there's a perfectly good pair for 25 bucks or there's the super duper whatever pair for 75 bucks, what do you think you'd buy? Since you've seen all the advertising of how great these shoes are at $75, what are you going to need? What do you want to buy? Okay. Now, you know what? The, they, they target you in everything that you do. And there are so many examples of stuff that you have to look out for. And I'm not going to get into all of that. But you need to look out for things like sales techniques that they target teenagers, unethical techniques where they do a bait and switch. You know what that is? Where you, they advertise a car for X number of dollars and you get into the showroom and they want to sell you something higher price. It's illegal, but it's done. Misleading advertisements, uh, the infomercials, telemarketing frauds, common other frauds, foreign scams. How many of you get internet uh, uh, e emails that say, you know, international lotteries? I get them all the time. Um, 900 numbers, contest cons. You know how many elderly people are, are uh, sucked into um, giving their money to somebody who has called them up telemarketing or, or um, publishers clearing or whatever, and they are sometimes bankrupt because they've, they've given their money out. There is also, remember, if you buy something at a location that is not your home, so it can't, not internet, but if you buy something at a store, if you buy it with a credit card, you have 24 hours to cancel that deal and not pay for it. It's called the cooling off period. It lets you think of what you just did to see if you want to reverse it. But if you buy off the internet, if you buy anything in your home, that rule does not apply. Okay, now, credit cards. We found out how many you have. Remember the lovely thing of compounding? Now it works the other way. Okay? Take a look at this. If you bought a TV for 500 bucks at, and you put it on your credit card at 18%, you'd pay $439. What you really pay with interest is $939. Take you eight years to repay it. By that time, the TV is broken and gone. If you bought a computer at $1,000, if you just made the minimum payment, it would take you 19 years to repay it. And if you bought $2,500 worth of furniture, besides the 25, it would cost you really $8,000 and take you 34 years to repay it. Okay? Now I'm going to show you an even worse one. Take a look at this one. Okay. Do you know what they what you know what the minimum payment is on a credit card legally? It's 2%. 2% doesn't even cover the interest. Right now there's a law pending that 
is going to try to force credit card companies to charge you 4% because there's so much uh, fraud, there's so much uh, debt out there that um, they want to start, and, and the credit card companies have tried to have caused this because they wanted to keep you with uh, balances, so they made the monthly pay payments only 2% of the outstanding balance. But do you know how much in 2004 U.S. households had $10.4 trillion in outstanding debt? U.S. households, one out of every three household filed for bankruptcy. And bankruptcy is on the rise for teenagers because of credit card debt. Teenagers have committed suicide because of credit card debt because they saw no way out. One of my jobs at the bank um, right before I left to start my own business, was dealing credit cards. And I had customers that had, what do you think the maximum amount of credit cards that one of my customers had? Give me a really weird number. 132. He had, he had the potential to borrow over $540,000. Now, I have no idea where you keep 132 credit cards. You can't keep them in your wallet, you know? How many of you know about uh, your credit score, your credit rating? How many know about that? How many know what your credit rating is? Any idea? Okay. That's the score that the bankers use to see whether or not you deserve the credit that you're on your card or whatever. Now, how many of you have credit cards with balances? Raise your hand again. With balances? Do you know what your interest rate is? Huh? What is it? 11? Have you ever been late? Okay. Do you know that if you're late once on a credit card, your rate can go up to 25, 26, 28%. Usury in the state of New Jersey is 30. I don't know what it is in other states, but they, they can go as high as 28, 29% interest on a credit card. The, the, more, the more you make late payments, the more balances you have, the lower your credit score, the less chance you have of borrowing money. Every one of you, how many of you have a social security card? You have to have one to have an account, but how many have a social security account, a card? One of the things I did not put in the, the material that I do want to touch on is identity theft. That is a big thing these days. Under no circumstances will a bank call you and ask you for your social security number. Under no circumstances should you ever give your social security number out to anyone that's not on a piece of paper that you're signing that you know you're handing back. Because there are people who call you up and say, you've just won this contest, all we need is your social security number and we can send you your money. You know? ATM machines. Don't use the ones in convenience stores or in, you know, the, the little, little standalone things because people take those, they put a skimmer on it, and they get your credit card information. And now, 
the back, the strip of your, the back, the magnetic strip on your credit card. Now they're trying to put more information on that so that if it's lost or stolen and people can skim your credit cards, they'll get more of your information. And identity theft is the biggest, biggest and the most difficult thing to ever get out of because somebody is taking your identity and ruining your credit and you don't even know it until all of a sudden you get these past due notices or whatever. Also, if you get anything in the mail at home that has your social security number on or your, even your name and address, shred it instead of tearing it up or putting in recycling. It is the most dangerous thing because it takes some people four to five years to clear uh, themselves of identity theft because somebody has assumed your identity. So be very careful of that. Okay, the three credit bureaus are Equifax, Experian, and TransUnion. If you are denied credit, you get a credit report free. And now they're trying to pass a law that gives you one, one free one every year. So if you're denied credit, you can get a free. But even if you don't, it costs $9 or something like that for the credit reports. It is to your advantage to make sure you get one every year to make sure, number one, that nobody has stolen your identity because that was where you can tell, or to see what your credit score is. When you said bankruptcy, it's one out of 73. That's what I said. That's not what I heard. So. One out of 73. Yeah. Okay. Now, um, the other thing, I had a customer once on, uh, on a credit card call. And let me tell you, my bank was very strict with our credit cards. If you had more than three credit cards, you had to come into the bank and I cut them up for you. No more than three credit cards or else you didn't get any, any new one. But, you know, people, people don't make payments. I had to call them up that, you know, you're, you're past due. One, one customer asked me, because we only did MasterCard, said, can I pay my MasterCard with my Visa? I said, sure. I mean, I don't know. But... That's not a way to get out of debt. Okay, now, we have, a, uh, before, before, we get into, before we get into problem signs, checking accounts. How many of you have a checking account? Do you know that it's illegal to post date a check? Means if you give me a check today, date it tomorrow, that's illegal, okay? Cannot, should not be done. With the new uh, rules for check 21, the day that check comes in, that money is out. Now, they might not let you know that the check is cleared, but the other person on the other end has a clear check. So you, have to, you can't write a check and not have the money in the account. Usually people played the float where they waited two or three days and, they, oh, I wrote a check, I have to go to deposit money. These days, do not write a check unless the money is in the account and cleared. So if I give you a check and you deposit it and you write a check the same day, they could cross and both checks would bounce. So be very careful. Um, I explain how to write a check, how to endorse a check, how to make a deposit, what charges to look out for for overdrafts, uh, how to protect your account by never giving out your account information. Yes, Andrew? Okay, with like writing checks. Yeah. How do you know all like 
you write somebody a check and it takes them three weeks to attach or whatever, how do you know? Do you just have to go in and check every time? No, wait for your statement. Well, I mean, if you have to write another check. Well, then you should have enough money in the you should always have enough money in the account before you write a check. Yeah, don't wait. Don't don't write a check thinking somebody's going to hold on to it for a while. Yeah, yeah. Any other questions before we go on to uh, trouble signs here? We have about twenty minutes, uh, ten minutes. Um, you have to use all your accounts with very prudently. You know, make sure when you get your statements that you prove them. I mean, it doesn't help that you. You know, maybe write a check down, maybe don't write a check down, and you just wait. And, and I, I, let me tell you, I've had customers come in and say, my checking account doesn't balance, okay? Where's your checkbook? Oh, I don't write anything down, okay? Or some of them just, oh, if I wrote a check for $25.90, I just made it 24 or 26 or whatever. They're never going to balance. Make sure that you balance your checking account every single solitary time you get a statement. Um, and when you do, on your savings account, when you get the statement in, make sure that you, you f look at your statement and see, oh, gee, I got $20 in interest or I got $30. Shop around for a bank. Shop around for interest rates. That's the biggest thing right now. Um, interest rates have been very low. Now they're starting to come up again. But you can do to maximize what you get on your, on your return. You can do whatever. There are lots of things, things and investments out there. We're not even going to get into investments, but there's lots of things out there where you can maximize your money and get the most money that you can possibly do. Okay, here's some warning signs in case you get into trouble. Your next month's bills are here before you paid last month's. Any other, any, that happened to anybody? Good. I like that one. All these different things are warning signs that you need to be careful. I just read this morning, uh, I was just trying to search to see if I could find the um, bankruptcy rate for teens, because I know I just read something that said it is on the rise. Does everybody know what bankruptcy is? you can't pay your bills and you are so in debt that nothing that you do short of getting let's say you're twenty thousand dollars in debt most college students that graduate college these days are twenty three thousand dollars in debt when they get out of school I don't want that to happen to you because a lot of times that is such a burden on them that you know, they don't think they can ever get out from under and they commit suicide. Three cases in the last couple of weeks. Or they have, to, they have to declare bankruptcy. That's where you can go, this is a federal mandated thing, you can go and it used to be they would wipe your slate clean and you would start from scratch. All your credit card debts would be eliminated. Student loans are not, don't that it doesn't cover student loans. Those are still those are still um, you still owe those. You'll cover credit card debt, store credit, and that stuff. But bankruptcy stays on your credit report for ten years, and it's the biggest thing for a bank that will they won't give you credit if they see a bankruptcy. 
Um, there's different forms of bankruptcy. There's chapter 7, chapter 11, chapter 13, blah. We don't need to know all that. However, what you need to know is that the laws, as of October 17th, the laws are changing. The credit card companies finally got Congress after four or five years to pass a law now that will not eliminate all your debt. You still owe something, and it's harder and harder to wipe out your credit, to your, your credit card debt or your any kind of debt. The thing is to remember is never to get into there, and these are the warning signs that will help you to remember that. If any of these start happening, stop right there because you should never, ever buy anything that you could not afford to pay for. And, I, and this is a steady fa If If you don't have the money to pay for something, don't buy it. A credit card has good use and bad use. A good use of a credit card is if you go to the store and you buy groceries. Bad use of credit card is if you go and have a six-course meal at a fancy restaurant. That's a bad use. You don't need that. Good use is to put gas in your car. Bad use is to take a trip or a vacation when you can't afford it. Never buy anything. A credit card is a convenience. You should take your credit card if you want to go buy something Take it to the store, pay for it. When the bill comes in, pay that thing off. Now, there is, there is, not yet, there is a, if you, if you make monthly payments of just the minimum, you saw before how much it would take, but if you just add five, ten dollars to that minimum payment, you'll cut your payments down by years and a lot of money. Okay? Now, before we end, does anybody have any questions that they need to, uh, to ask? Anybody? Andrew? These people have $10,000 in debt. When they die or whatever, who has worse? Their estate. The people who are left behind have to pay all that debt back. And if they don't have, if, you know, if they have a will and it says, you know, my wife gets this, my children get this, and they don't have it, and they're they have outstanding debt, of, their families have to pay for that. It does not get wiped out. Any other questions? All right. My little last joke, I found this and I thought this was absolutely priceless. There is no banker in the world that will do that, okay? There is no banker in the world, there is no credit card company, and the credit card companies don't want to know. If you have trouble, excuse me, if you have trouble making your payments, the most important thing to do is to call your bank or your credit card company. Tell them, I can't make my payments. I can't do this. Can you lower my interest rate? Can you lower my payments? I'm having trouble. The worst thing in the world is for a banker to have uh, these people who are past due and you can't get in touch with them. They don't want to talk to you. The first thing you think, oh, they skipped town. The first thing you think, 
But if they call up and say, you know, I'm having trouble, we'll lower their, we'll lower their monthly payment. We'll, we'll help them. Bankers will help you, but you have to make that initial call. They will help you. Um, and the last thing I want to tell you is the FBI was asked once how they, how they know whether it's a genuine bill or a counterfeit. Okay? What do you think they answered? Huh? By knowing what the real one is. By knowing exactly what's on the real one. Right. But the answer was you study the genuine object. I thought, you know, they'd say, okay, you just study the counterfeit so you know it's counterfeit. You study the genuine bill and you get to know that bill so well that as soon as they go in front of you, you will take counterfeit. And I want to leave you with the fact that in our Christian life, we have to study the genuine, which is Jesus Christ. Don't study the counterfeits. Do the genuine. Follow what Christ says. He has so many teachings in the Bible about being good stewards of your money that you don't even need this. I mean, this, these kind of courses, anybody have these kind of courses in school? Money courses? Well, you're very fortunate because about, oh, only about 20% of the kids ever do. So, if you have, if you are interested, there is a website that is called Practical Money Skills for Life at www.practicalmoneyskillsforlife.com. It's an online, I think it's a 12 course thing that lets you do interactive, uh, uh, ask, answers questions, asks questions, gives you some insight of what to do. Um, it, it's where a lot of the material came from. I have these um, books to pass out. What, I, only, I don't have very many. If you're not going to read it, if you're not interested, don't take one. If there's more than one person in your family, please only take one per family because I only made 100 and there's 157 teenagers this year. So please, if you're interested, there's a lot of info in there. If you have any questions at all, just let me know. And the other thing I'd like to ask you, as far as your teens are concerned, if you have any ideas of the type of forms you would like to hear, please put them on a piece of paper and give them to me because it is so hard for us to figure out what forms are interesting to teens and what would benefit you. Did you find this kind of beneficial or not? Yeah. All right. These are, these are the kind of forms that we need to know. If you have any ideas, jot it on a piece of paper and give it to me in the office. Okay?